Hi everyone, my name is Mare Verk and welcome to Life on the Farm. Hello everyone, thank you so much for joining me on the first episode of my podcast. For those of you who know me and are tuning in, thank you so much for your support. And for those of you who don't, welcome also. My name is Mare Verk. I am a 24-year-old third-year pharmacy student at UCSF. I was born and raised in the Sacramento-ish area. Then I went to UC Berkeley for undergrad and then UCSF for pharmacy school. I'm actually at the beginning of my third and final year of pharmacy school, so I just wrapped up two years of didactics or in-class lecture learning, and I am about to start my rotations in three weeks, which is really, really exciting. As I prepare to go on rotations, I have been doing a lot of thinking as to what I want to accomplish this next year and where I see myself down the road, but this has inadvertently led me to reflect on a lot of my previous experiences and how far I've come. I've actually been in pharmacy for about six years now, which is a quarter of my life, which is so crazy to think about, but I realized that I never like wrote down or documented any of the things that I've done. Like I have a CV with all of the um, professional things that I want to highlight, but all of the other experiences I've had and people I've met and conversations and advice that I've picked up along the way. Because believe it or not, no one tells you how to navigate the world of pharmacy. I definitely did not show up one day knowing everything and how to do it all or what to do next or what opportunities were available. But it really took finding the right spaces to be in, talking to people, researching, networking to figure out what I wanted to do, how I was going to get there, and also shaping where I see myself in the future. So I thought that this podcast would be a great place to start as far as catching everyone up, including myself, with how far I've come to also document where I'm at in this moment. And also as I move forward in this journey, document where I'm going, because I feel like today I wish I had this type of podcast and this type of medium to record things from all of those periods of my life way back when so that I could look back on them. And so I figured why not start now? It's never too late. And so as I move forward, hopefully this is able to serve as not only an audio journal for me, but the reason I decided to, you know, publish it on the internet is in hopes that maybe it'll help somebody else. Even if it's one person, somebody who's thinking about going into pharmacy, somebody who's already in pharmacy and wants to see a different perspective, or if you know me in real life and just didn't know how I got to where I am today in pharmacy, then hopefully this podcast is of some use to you. And if it's for none of the above reasons, it's because you find me funny and I will choose to believe that. So it's okay. You don't have to tell me that I am. But before we get into my life in pharmacy, or as I call it, life on the farm, I wanted to share five fun facts with y'all that I think are very important moving forward. Fun fact number one, I had a short-lived TikTok career, and by short-lived, I mean quite literally two months. It started with filming a ton of content in Tahoe, really great, super fun. I have the most talented friends. Um, Also showing up to HSW 301 the day class got canceled, but then I couldn't go home because then I didn't know if afternoon class was canceled, but then you guessed it, it got canceled. And then it definitely died the day I tried to film a dancing one in my room during quarantine. So haven't decided if I should delete the whole account yet, but it's definitely cringy if you've ever come across it. Number two, I am in the top 1% of Jason Derulo fans, according to Spotify, and that will not be changing anytime soon. Number three, 
I have recently started working out a lot more. Um, kind of started back, like I'd say November of last year. I did a lot of Soul Cycle, uh, Cycle Bar, Berries. But most recently in quarantine, I've been doing Chloe Ting workouts. And oh my God, if you are looking for pain and abs all at the same time, she is the perfect combination of both. Number four, brunch is my favorite extreme sport. Yes, you heard that correctly. Five, if I wasn't a pharmacist, I'd want to either be a travel photographer, went to Thailand last year with my friends in pharmacy school and had the most amazing time, or become a wedding planner. Not for myself or anytime soon, because if you know, you know, but I love love and I think it is so fun putting together events for stuff like that. And just to celebrate two people coming together, I find that so powerful and I would love to be a part of that one day. Uh, So we'll see. Maybe I can be the wedding planner pharmacist or whatever. I don't know. The title is in works, don't worry. So as I start to record the first episode of this podcast, which still has me so shook, but also so excited at the same time, just a little context for present day and just in case 50 years down the line myself or my future kids or my future grandkids, oh my God, decide to listen to this. It is actually June 9th, 2020. It has been three months since the shelter in place took effect uh, due to COVID-19. And it's actually the week following the Black Lives Matters protest. The protest took the country and honestly the whole world by storm, and rightfully so following the murder of George Floyd by four Minneapolis police officers. These protests were actually super pivotal in getting the remaining three officers arrested. I was able to take last week to educate myself, a privilege within itself, by watching Netflix documentaries, highly recommend 13th, listening to voices in the black community who provided valuable insight and new perspectives I hadn't been privy to previously, donating where I could, and having important conversations both online and off. Those in the Black community who shared their life experiences further solidified that racism is not some abstract ideology that some are exempt from acknowledging. Rather, this movement stems from centuries of abuse via institutions built upon racism. And it was for that reason it was just so powerful to see people from different backgrounds of different ethnicities sharing information, donating, signing petitions, protesting, and examining and addressing their own privilege and bias. Systemic racism is not something that we get to agree to disagree about. This is something that we must address on a daily basis and in every aspect of our lives. As a human being and as a future healthcare provider, it's not enough for me to know that racism is wrong. And I think or at least I'd hope everyone listening agrees with that statement, but to make sure that every day I am an anti-racist, that if a conversation arises that seems difficult, it's not something to shy away from, but to lean into more so in order to educate others. And that not only should patients be treated as people, but have their uniqueness aid in their healing instead of contributing to their pain. There's no excuse for COVID-19 to be disproportionately impacting the black community nor should black women be 2.6% more likely to die from complications from pregnancy than white women. As this movement carries on, I hope that if this is listened to in 50 years, we are many years away from long overdue changes having been made. That police officers are held accountable for their actions. I feel like that's not asking for a lot. And that black communities are able to get the resources needed to thrive. It's for these reasons and so, so many more that on the off chance that somebody besides my mom listens to this episode, I wanted to donate any revenue that was made. So to honor the Black Lives Matter movement and to support Pride Month since it is June, I have decided to donate to a cause in SF, my home for the last two years, called the Transgender District. The Transgender District aims to stabilize and economically empower 
the transgender community through ownership of homes, businesses, historic and cultural sites, and safe community spaces. So if you'd like, you can go ahead and share this with your friends, your family, your dog, your cat, your guinea pig. And if they listen to this podcast, it will help to generate revenue that I can then donate. They don't even have to listen to my voice. They can mute it because even I don't know how I feel about my voice just yet. But I really appreciate you all taking the time to hear me out. Alrighty, so my story starts my junior year of high school. I was like 17 years old trying to figure out which undergrads I wanted to apply to, what majors I was going to declare, what jobs I wanted to do, which is still so crazy that 17 or 18, we have to decide what we want to do for the rest of our lives. Or we don't have to, but I felt like I needed to because I am one of those people who is definitely a planner. I need to know what I'm doing next, why I'm doing the things that I'm doing. And I knew that when I got to undergrad and if things got tough, it would be much easier for me mentally to move on if I had something that I was striving for at the end of it. And that was good thinking on junior me's part because that was definitely the case when I got to undergrad when like maybe a grade didn't go the way I wanted it to. It was much easier for me to pick myself back up and say, you have to keep going forward. Like you have a purpose and like you will get there eventually. So if you know yourself, do yourself a favor, put in the work now and it will all be just that much easier moving forward. So I turned to Google Uh, because that's what I do when I have questions then and now or if I need help and I knew I liked chemistry biology science in general but I also wanted a job where I got to speak to people on a daily basis and so the medical field was something I was definitely interested in and so I took a look at becoming a doctor dentist uh, optometrist nurse and when I came across pharmacy I was actually doing a lot of research into it and realized that it appealed to me a lot But I didn't really know too much about pharmacy outside of like working at Walgreens or CVS. So I thought what better way to live a day in the life of a clinical pharmacist, or not to live it, but to understand it than to live it. So I cold emailed the UC Davis transplant pharmacist and she actually let me shadow her for a day. And I got to go into her consultations with patients, see the way she counseled them, uh, also go through the thought processes she had in making medication adjustments, And then also what role she played on the interprofessional team, which is where I saw for the first time doctors, nurses, social workers, dietitians, nutritionists, pharmacists, all working together to help a patient. And it was really great because it kind of fits this picture that I've always had of patient-centric care being a puzzle. And without all of the pieces, you can't completely have the full picture. And so it was after that day that I decided I want to be a clinical pharmacist. I was just really taken aback by the level of knowledge she had about medications and how important of a role she had on the team and also how well everyone worked together and understood each other's roles. And I know that's something that's still evolving, but I really hope to be able to aid in better understanding that moving forward. So from there, I applied to undergrads as a bio major at all of the places that I applied. And then I spent my senior year shadowing a bariatric surgeon, which although it wasn't directly pharmacy related, It gave me the opportunity to see the way everyone else in the surgical team worked. I got to see a surgery for the first time. I was in the room during a Y sleeve. And then it was just an opportunity to learn how to navigate a hospital and what uh, electronic medical record looked like. So that was a really great experience I had, again, at UC Davis uh, my senior year. At the end, I found out I got into Berkeley as an integrated biology major. And then later down the line, I declared during my junior year as an integrated biology major with an emphasis in human physiology. 
So that was really exciting, super stoked to be doing that. And then a couple months later, a week before graduation, I decided to cold drop off my resume at a local independent pharmacy uh, that also did compounding in order to see if I could be a clerk for the summer. I knew that I wanted to get as much experience in the field as possible, and I had literally zero clue how a pharmacy worked. So she actually called me back and said, yeah, I would love for you to come uh, help out in any way you can. And so the day, not the day, but like the week after graduation, I literally started working in a pharmacy as a clerk. So I couldn't touch any of the medications, but I got a lot of insight into the workflow of a pharmacy, which I think is so, so important, as well as a lot of the business aspects and just being able to be in that setting and talk to a pharmacist and pharmacy techs was really valuable in guiding me moving forward. So I think that's where I got my first taste of mentorship and guidance and advice in this realm. And so I highly recommend if you can just being in a pharmacy. And so I found out that I could become a pharmacy tech. The requirements are to be over 18, have a GED or high school diploma and to take the exam. So I studied from a book for about a month, I'd say. And then I took the exam like a couple of days before I moved out and I passed. So by the time I was 18, I was a pharmacy technician and I was ready to, man, move on to the next steps, really move on up in the world. But seriously, it was really great because it opened a lot of doors moving forward. And so with that, I will talk about my pharmacy tech license being used throughout the next four years, um, but also me starting my time at Cal. So after that summer, I moved out of my house to Berkeley. It was such a fun experience, such a big learning curve, but it was a really great opportunity for me to grow both as a student, but at the same time as a person. During my first year, I didn't really do anything pharmacy related um, as far as work experience goes, but I did join PILS and PILS is the pre-pharmacy club on campus for those of you who know. For those of you who don't, it stands for the Pre-Pharmacy Informational Learning and Leadership Society which I will remember till the day I die because the next year I interviewed for a position and had literally no idea what it stood for. So now I will never forget. I was a general member and I also attended my first NCPPS, which was the Northern California Pre-Pharmacy Symposium. There's events like this um, in different states and different areas. I know SoCal has their own, so something to look out for. But this is just um, an annual event that allows pharmacy schools within California and from out of state to come set up a booth, do a workshop, um, set up a panel, and just answer questions students may have about what they're looking for as a pharmacy school, things that they have to offer, and then just being able to have that face-to-face uh, -face conversation with somebody at the school can be really valuable. In Pills, I thought it was a really great thing to find this community because there were a lot of upperclassmen who had been in my position previously, who had taken the classes I was about to take or was taking at the time, and who were in the process of applying to pharmacy school. And so there was so much information and knowledge and advice to be gained from them, and I was really glad to have found them through Pills. And I actually now go to pharmacy school with a good number of them. So that was really great. It's something I highly recommend if you know that this is something you want to do or even if you just want more information about the profession. So after my first year, I moved back home for a summer and I worked full time as a pharmacy technician at that same pharmacy, the independent compounding one. And I had the opportunity to learn how to fill medications. So pulling from the shelf, scanning, counting by five, placing the label on the vial, so on and so forth, being able to compound, um, doing bubble packing, 
being able to help at an elder care facility, setting up their carts because that's really important and also doing a bedside delivery program, like a meds to beds type of thing at the local hospital. So that was really great to have the opportunity to kind of dip my foot into all of those experiences, if you will. And so I was able to see a lot about what a pharmacist could do and just how far their scope goes. And so that was really great in being able to get me thinking about where I saw myself fitting into all of that moving forward. So, and I think one of the, I think the coolest thing to ever come out of the experience was being able to compound. So things like lollipops, trochees, gels, ointments, creams, suppositories, the whole nine yards. Like it's something that you don't learn in pharmacy school. Um, you don't touch upon too, too much. You talk about what compounding is, but never really the specifics. So I was really lucky to have that experience, um, so early on in my pharmacy journey. So after that summer, I started my second year at Cal and I actually started working as a clerk as a Tang pharmacy inside University Health Services. And so I was just a clerk. I was just a clerk in that position. And so I couldn't touch any medications, but I helped with over the counter, uh, get checking patients in and things like that. I also started teaching the pre-health decal. I was a teacher for the first year and then I was in charge of the class the last two years. So it was myself and nine others who taught, uh, two of which taught each of the disciplines. So there was medicine, nursing, optometry, dentistry, and pharmacy. And then the last two weeks, we touched upon vet, DO, PT, um, other types of jobs in the medical field like that, which was really great, especially because so many of us ended up later down the line going to the same schools. So like I have friends in dentistry at UCSF or friends in nursing at UCLA. And it's really great just seeing everyone Uh, fulfill their dreams and their goals and just having all of these connections throughout the state at the very least and also throughout the country. I also joined the public relations committee for pills. That was the position I interviewed for and couldn't remember what pills stood for. So that was really great just being able to immerse myself further into the club and just understand more about pharmacy in general. That next summer is when I took physics 8b so I didn't work as a tech Uh, But then my third year at Cal, I started working at CVS. So working for a huge retailer like that was a really eye-opening experience. I had never had an experience like it because my previous pharmacy job had been um, in an independently owned pharmacy. So I was really close with the pharmacist and she was the one who, she was also the owner. So she made the rules and the decisions and things like that. And I had great pharmacists that I worked with at CVS, but it was such a different experience Um, working for such a large retailer, but I'm really glad that I had that opportunity and got those experiences under my belt because I feel like it served me well when I got to pharmacy school. My third year is also when I started working as a SAGE mentor, so just tutoring elementary school kids in English and math and then helping with extracurriculars like they did journalism, so they created a newspaper, which was so fun to read, and then also doing music and things like that. I learned juju on that beat. I still can't do it right. I am inept at dancing, throwback to the TikTok comment I made earlier and the fact that I cannot dance for the life of me. But that was something that I really loved doing. And it wasn't pharmacy related, but it's something that uh, I found such great value in and I found to be so incredibly rewarding and something that I sought out even when I got to pharmacy school, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Um, In my third year, I also ended up becoming the PILS Public Relations Committee Chair. So now I was on the executive board I was a board member for PILS, and so that was really great. Again, just being able to help other students since I was an upperclassman at this point, and at the same time being able to reach out to the seniors who were in the middle of 
applying to pharmacy school at the same time. And this was actually my junior year is when I started to figure out who I wanted to write my letters of recommendation because that's definitely something to take into consideration. And I needed a science teacher, so things I would recommend for letters of rec are starting to show up to office hours, make sure that the professor knows uh, your face, your name. It just makes it a lot easier when the time comes to ask for one for them to write you a strong one because you want something that'll be compelling and that will work in your favor. And so after my third year, that summer, I took MCB 102, which is um, biochem. And so I didn't work that summer again. But something of note was that the winter breaks that we had, I did end up going home and working for that same independent pharmacy. So this takes me all the way up to the beginning of my senior year. So senior year is when things get interesting in the world of pharmacy. I did not take a gap year, so I chose to... Um, open up FarmCast, the application in July, right before I started my senior year, because you start the application the year before you would like to start. I also took the PCAT in July since UCSF required it. But with FarmCast, I made sure to just fill in all the generic information so that I wasn't worrying about it later down the road. And then for the next couple of months, I was writing my personal statement. I was gathering my letters of recommendation. I was writing my essays. I was writing my supplemental essays, which are these other essays on the website of the school that you're applying to. So make sure you uh, keep an eye out for those if they exist for the schools that you're applying to. I applied to schools only in California, and they all, most of them had a deadline of November 1st. There was one rolling one that actually got affected due to the fires, so I got to apply a little bit later for that one. But I tried to finish everything by November 1st, so I spent the Halloween of my senior year literally in my apartment with all the lights off, with just the laptop screen like glaring in my face, reading everything 8,000 times over, which probably wasn't healthy, but I just needed to be sure. Um, but it worked out because in December I got my interview notices and then had my interviews in January and February. Come March is when all of my decisions had come back to me and I found out I had gotten into UCSF and that is where I chose to go. As you know, it was my first choice. I was over the moon. I was so fortunate and blessed. I was, I felt so lucky and I still do to have had the opportunity to go to UCSF. I chose UCSF because it was in the Bay Area. Um, pseudo close to home, close to where my friends were going to be after graduation, but even more so because it was a three-year curriculum and I wanted to take advantage of getting a year, not back per se, but being able to start a residency a year earlier. And at the same time, it also has a huge focus on clinical practice. So that's something that I knew I wanted to do beforehand and I really wanted to be in a curriculum that emphasized that. And looking back, I can say without a shadow of a doubt that UCSF does an amazing job setting you up. But again, that's not to say that if you don't want to pursue a residency, it's not the school for you. There are a lot of other things to take into consideration. My senior year is also when I served as PILS president. It was just a really great way to give back to the underclassmen who were looking for the same guidance and information that I was when I walked onto campus four years prior. So being able to give back to those students what upperclassmen had given to me was such a rewarding feeling, and I'm so glad that I was able to provide value to them. And now that I'm actually two years out of Cal, they've applied to pharmacy school, they've gotten in, and it's just so, so great to have those connections and friendships with people who are interested in the same thing. 
I'm so proud of them. I can't wait to see what they become and everything like that. And something you'll also hear often is that pharmacy is a small world. And I think it's cool. Another part of these types of things like clubs and stuff like that, it's cool to just be able to meet people because you never know when you'll run into them down the line or when you guys will work together in the future. So just something to consider if you have ever uh, thought about joining your pharmacy club. If there isn't one, maybe starting one. Um, Again, it's not a requirement for you to join one to enter pharmacy school. I know so many people that never did, but for me, it was something that I found very rewarding. One of my favorite experiences I ever got to partake in at Cal and something that I will hold with me forever. So at the end of senior year, I graduated, you know, the whole big thing on the football field and then the littler one that everyone could attend. Um, It was so bittersweet because I had the most amazing time going to Berkeley. I really think I found a home there and I know I made friends for life and I'm so lucky to have had that experience. Um, But following that time period, I went home for two months, got to hang out with friends, um, both from high school, um, from undergrad who had moved up for the summer doing jobs and stuff, got to travel with my family, went to Spain, Portugal and Morocco, which were so beautiful. And I highly, highly recommend after this whole COVID uh, situation is over. Uh, But after that, I started getting into UCSF things, so I moved into a house in San Francisco, which is its own whole long story that I can talk about some other time. I went on the Big Sur camping trip, which was really great. It was put on by the recreation program at UCSF, so it was me and eight other classmates, which is just a great way to meet other people that like I hadn't met yet, and it was also so beautiful. Also highly recommend Big Sur if you've never been before. Absolutely amazing. Great weather, everything. You also have a tech check, so you take in your computer and your iPad because both of those are required, um, and they make sure that you have everything downloaded on it that you need. Uh, For a laptop, they required it to have been from the last four years. I kind of used one that was a little bit older, and it definitely was starting to like die near the end, Um, so just something to take into consideration. And when I heard the whole iPad requirement, it's because you take your exams on Examplify, which is an app that is for the iPad. I wasn't too keen on it because I was like, I don't know what I need this for. This seems really redundant, like I already have a MacBook. Um, But it turns out it was actually super useful, and it's the way that I took all of my notes, and now I don't even know if I own paper. So, um, yeah, I can talk a little bit about that as well, just being able to use OneNote to take my notes. So I was able to download all the lectures into OneNote and then write directly on them with an Apple Pencil. I do have to say the iPad is extraordinarily more useful with the Apple Pencil, and if you're considering it, I would highly recommend it. It is, it's amazing. But then you have orientation. For us, it was three days, super, super long days, but it was a lot of important information that we needed to get to to go into everything. Um, So make sure you take a water bottle because you get hella thirsty. But um, after that, there was a weekend between orientation and that Monday. And that Monday being the first day of school. And so the way that UCSF works is that the new curriculum is split into organ systems. So you take all of those classes that you would have taken independently to cover the entire body, like physiology, uh, pharmacology, therapeutics, things like that. And now you take each of those subjects and work them into the specific organ system. So that was really great. I think it's a really great way of learning. And I really like how it kept all the material together. Um, which is different than the previous curriculum where they would take a physiology class and a pharmacology. But again, I also was never in that curriculum, so I can't even say if it was better or worse. It was just different. Other things to consider is we don't have finals. Um, You just take a summative at the end of every two to three weeks, which covers the lectures from the past two to three weeks. 
And then uh, every block ends on a synthesis week. So after your last summative, the week following that is just based on professionalism, being able to talk about career development um, and just talking about uh, integrative cases. So based on the organ system that you covered, you do a huge integrated case so that you can see the way that it everything comes together and then you try to incorporate previous organ systems into it because patients never have just one thing wrong with them. So it's a really great opportunity to synthesize, wow, material. So yeah, that's something that you get to look forward to. And I'm trying to think what other things to consider. You do have uh, OSCEs throughout the year, which are your performance-based assessments. Uh, There's skills and there's core, there's all these different things and like terminology at UCSF that take a little adjusting to, but I can talk about that in like a later podcast if you want more information. I think I will be actually, but that was kind of the general overview and things to consider when coming to UCSF so that now I can talk about the first year. So in your first year, the blocks that you take are Foundations 1, which obviously lays the foundation for everything that you'll be building upon as you move through the curriculum. So things like Uh, how medications are metabolized, uh, pharmacology of certain drugs, things to just be familiar with before you get into the nitty-gritty of the therapeutics and pharmacology of the specific drug classes. From there, you go into the cardiovascular system. You then go on to winter break, which for us was about two weeks, if I recall correctly. And then you come back for a two-week inquiry immersion, and then you end with respiratory, renal, and GI. So things that can take into consideration in your first year are that you pick your inquiry topic. So those two weeks after winter break that I mentioned, near the beginning of the school year, you'll go ahead and rank which topics you find interesting. So there's things ranging from cannabis to the opioid epidemic and so on and so forth. I did the opioid epidemic and so it was really interesting to see where the problems stem from, talk about the South a little bit. But what I found to be really, really cool is that we got to do these classes with the medical students. So it was about two to three hours a day for two weeks and then we did a final project together with the medical students so that was really fun really great being able to problem solve see how we can move forward from this situation another thing to consider is that you start your community ippies called ippes they stand for your introductory pharmacy practice experience and so you also rank uh, all the retail pharmacies in sf east bay area And you end up working there at one of those locations for eight hours a week. So that's a really great opportunity for you to counsel patients, talk to patients in the aisles about their OTC products and whatnot. I was at a Safeway um, near Ocean Beach, near the Great Highway that was a little bit slower. So I had a lot more opportunities to take my time with patients. So I really valued that experience. During your first year, you also rank your appy sites. So your appies are your third year rotations stands for advanced practice pharmacy experiences and so uh, there's five places you can end up sacramento sf laoc fresno north bay and so it's kind of weird you like show up at ucsf and they're like welcome to ucsf and they're like where do you want to go your third year so it does happen really fast it can seem really overwhelming but just something to keep in mind uh, if you do end up going to ucsf that your third year will have to be at one of those five places the last thing that happens during your first year to take into consideration is picking a discovery group project. So there's a research project that happens during your second year that the last month of your second year is dedicated towards, but you pick your overall type of theme you're interested in during your first year. So you rank them again, 
you get placed in one. So for me, I ended up in the health systems pharmacy research project. And then my specific like topic was on correlates of heart failure readmission. So shout out to the Discover Girls because we really put in the work and we ended up with a manuscript, working on our poster, finalizing our presentation to give at the end of our third year to our classmates. So that's just something that to also keep in mind that will come up. From there, we head into the summer between our first and our second year. And it was about seven weeks, if I recall correctly. And two of those weeks, either then or your two-week winter break, are dedicated to a I think it's the concentrated IPI is what it's called, the official name. We just called it Summer IPI. And so if you are at an appy site, because you'll know by then which appy you'll be at, that isn't SF, you have the option of completing those two weeks there, which is what I ended up doing. Um, but you also, as just a UCSF student, have the option of being in San Francisco. So for me, I ranked Sacramento first. I got Sacramento as my appy site, and I actually decided to go to SAC to familiarize myself with the campus at UC Davis for my two-week IPI. And so that whole experience, if you know me in real life, I will not shut up about it. It changed my whole perspective on pharmacy. I absolutely loved every minute of it. It was like 10 to 12 hour days. It was me and the Appy student on rotations at the time, Kim. We just really had the best time. I learned so, so much. And it really changed my trajectory in pharmacy. And I'm so thankful for that experience where you not where, but you don't get to pick your uh, location specifically. So I didn't necessarily have to end up at UC Davis. Um, I think if you do end up in SAC, though, they tend to do the IPI there. But I know other places, the hospital specific site varies. Um, So I was very fortunate that being randomly placed here worked out so, so well. And it's not something I may have sought out on my own. And so it just goes to show that throughout pharmacy, if you keep an open mind, you can open yourself up to so many new possibilities. So from there, we go into our second year and the blocks that we take our foundations to. So yet another foundation. Um, But this one is really great because it talks about social determinants of health. Also taking into consideration race, gender, ethnicity, different demographics, because we don't treat all patients the same. And we shouldn't be treating all patients the same as far as their individualized care goes. As people, 100%. Uh, But other things to consider are like age groups. So like there's pediatrics and then there's the geriatric population and then there's just the adult population. But in pharmacy, the normal patient or the standardized patient is an adult white male that's 70 kilograms. And that's not the people that we see on a day to day basis. So I thought it was really great that we expanded our horizons and really got to talk about the uniqueness of patients. From there, we covered endocrine and neuropsych, had our winter break again and then came back when wrapped up with oncology and infectious disease. So infectious disease, I consider to be like the bread and butter of pharmacy just because antibiotics are so integral, especially in hospital pharmacy. Uh, So things to also consider during your second year is that you do take a third of the year to do a hospital IPI. So you will do another IPI. This one is longer than two weeks, but shorter than the full year of your first year IPIs, community IPIs. I was on the Senate Bill 1254 uh, type of initiative thing at UCSF. So it was me and two others. We just did MedRex, not just did, but did MedRex for high acuity patients on the cardio team as well as advanced heart failure. So it was great just to partake in that. And then other things is that you do get set up for rotations at the end of the year. So right after we finish infectious disease, we had two weeks of synthesis week and professional development. So we talked a lot of what to expect on appies, how to succeed, Um, So it was really great because UCSF 
tries to give you the resources and set you up to succeed on your year of rotations. They don't just kind of like throw you in the deep end and say, hope you swim. Uh, So that was really nice to get. Following those two weeks, uh, the last month of our second year, we all did from home because COVID-19 had happened at that point. Uh, So it was all through Zoom, but it was dedicated solely to Discovery Group. So once we had our project and everything, it was five weeks purely working on that project. So something to uh, look forward to in the future if you end up at UCSF. Uh, And then, yeah, basically after that, that leads you into rotations. And so before covering that point in life, just another thing to touch upon because end of your second year is basically the end of your time at UCSF unless you end up in SF for rotations. But it's the end of classroom learning. But outside of the classroom, there's also a lot of really great ways to get involved. And I did try to take advantage of those because it really just makes your time there that much more exciting. And I really enjoyed the things I was involved in. So during my first year, I did get an internship working with the Kaiser National Specialty Pharmacy. So that was really great. Uh, They hadn't had the program before. So it was definitely uh, really exciting getting to build that out and work with them with such interesting disease states and to serve the entire network since it's the only specialty pharmacy for Kaiser. Getting to speak with patients all over the country was just really great. My first year, I was also the P1 class president, so I had a great time being a part of class cabinet. I was also a high school outreach committee committee facilitator with a couple of upperclassmen and then was able to pass that down on my way out. I took part in uh, corporate flu clinics, which meant that the Safeway I was at actually my first year, I was able to go out to tech companies, financial companies, since they contracted out their vaccinations for their employees. And so my safe way, we were able to go out there and give them immunizations. And it was just great getting to talk to people not in the medical field about the importance of getting their flu shot, making sure that they had all the information that they needed, and also coming up with like really creative ways to help people who are scared of needles. Um, A couple of people like really freak out and it's really a great opportunity for you to work on your people's skills and try to find ways to calm people down, to distract them, do whatever you can. Um, And it's also really cool that just as a pharmacist, we're able to do that. So I really enjoyed taking part in those experiences. I also did Oracle Park Discovery Day. So at the Giants Baseball Stadium, there's a day dedicated to health and fitness where parents and their kids are able to walk around. I was able to do a demonstration with a cadaver heart. So showing kids and their parents how blood flows through, what happens when things go wrong, and then also doing a meds versus candy differentiation game. Since it is so easy to get them mixed up, they do look like one another. Just being able to stress the importance to kids not to just eat something if they see it, but to ask their parent. And also to show parents how important it is to make sure medications are out of reach of children. I also did Heart of the City Farmer's Market in the Tenderloin District. So just talking to patients about local clinic, or not patients, but residents there, about what local clinics and programs are available, being able to offer blood pressure readings and cholesterol testing on a walk-up basis. And of course, uh, this was at the same time as the fires in Northern California. So just being able to give a little education about respiratory health from asthma to COPD and seeing if patients did need to uh, be checked out further or making sure that their inhaler use was proper. Because that's one of those things. Administration uh, is so key in pharmacy and it's one of those things that can often be overlooked and it's such an easy fix. So it was really great being able to provide that service. Uh, while that was in my first year, my second year, I was on the Associated Students of the School of Pharmacy, a student government basically for the School of Pharmacy. I was the Vice President of External Affairs. 
I was also on the Graduate and Professional Student Association Board. So I served as the pharmacy representative on the student government for, the, for all of UCSF. And then I was also a part of Reading Partners, which was really awesome. This refers back to the SAGE mentoring that I did. Uh, reading Partners offers students who are reading below their grade level the opportunity to take extra time to follow this curriculum and hopefully catch them up. And so I went for like six or seven hours a week, worked with five or six students, and they were just so amazing. It was so great to see kids grow from whispering and being afraid to mess up in front of me to reading at full volume and fixing their own mistakes and just being a lot more confident in themselves. It was so rewarding and it was really nice to do something that wasn't pharmacy related, but that was something I was really interested in outside of it because I think it's important that as much as we're in pharmacy to still have our own like hobbies and passions and things we like to do. The last thing I participated in was OEIS. So I was a part of their curriculum mapping program. And since UCSF is a newly accredited three-year program, I was really interested to see how that whole process worked out and the logistics behind it all. So I took all of the session objectives that were given, linked them to a course objective, and then that later on will then be tagged to an accreditation objective to make sure that we meet the standards of a pharmacist. This then leads me into my third and final year of pharmacy school. It is where I am at today. And so this whole year is supposed to be dedicated to rotations and to uh, figuring out what we want to do for post-grad. So after we get our PharmD and take our licensure exams. So this year we are supposed to have eight six-week rotations. That is the norm, which is already more than a couple of other pharmacy schools who tend to just do six. But with COVID-19, we did have to cut back to just six six-week rotations. Um, with two of those being off blocks because there are a lot of students to accommodate for as our cohort as well as the cohort above us are going to rotations at the same time. I haven't seen it as an issue yet. Uh, it seems to be working great from what I've heard and there have definitely been, everyone has a spot. It doesn't feel crowded or anything like that. But again, I haven't been on rotations yet because I do have my first block off. Uh, so we'll see what's up um, when I go out there. So like I mentioned, um, my schedule I am currently on an off block, then I will go to hospital operations, uh, general medicine, and then the emergency department. I will have another off block, and then I will have the anticoagulation clinic, which is my AMCARE rotation, cardiology, acute care, and, and with community pharmacy. So come full circle in this learner world that I'm in in pharmacy, ending on community. But the way that it works is that there are four core rotations you have to complete which are hospital operations, general medicine, uh, ambulatory care, and community. And then there are normally four electives, which mine were pediatrics, transplant, emergency department, and cardiology acute care. But I had to give up peds and transplant, which left me with my last two. So it would have been nice to have peds and transplant. I was definitely very excited to have been given them because they were all in my top four. Um, but I'm also really fortunate to have this opportunity during this first block to really develop uh, a lot of my personal and professional goals and things like that that I wanted to take care of and also um, in that latter block to work on and dedicate all of my time to residency applications because those are also very important. So it's not all bad. Um, there's definitely a silver lining in it all and I actually think it worked out quite well um, all things considered. So in let's see applications are going to be due by the end of this year for residencies i don't have specific dates yet but you will all get them as i carry on through this journey and then interviews are january february time frame and then find i find i find out in march 
uh, where we matched. And so residency process is a matching system. There is a first round and a second round. Um, in case you don't match the first time, you can go ahead and submit again for the second round. And then our class graduates in June, I think. Someone asked and they haven't answered us yet, but graduate in June timeframe. And then we take our licensure exams, like I mentioned. So there's the Board of Pharmacy exam that everyone takes, no matter what school of pharmacy you go to. It's called the NAPLEX. And so, like I said, everyone takes that exam. But there's a second exam that is the law exam. And so depending on what state you're in, you you may or may not have um, the same exam. So like in California, it's called the CPJE. And uh, in other states, there's like one called the MPJE. Uh, the CPJE tends to be a lot harder just because it's not written by lawyers, but it's written by pharmacists and it includes uh, pharmacists and lawyers. And it includes clinical questions, like not just straight up law questions. So uh, it's definitely like the one people are more concerned about. But hopefully we have time to study and things like that because the school does provide RX prep, which is mostly for the NAPLEX. Actually, it's completely for the NAPLEX, but we'll see what happens. I'll let you all in on what happens later on. But the school does provide law review um, at the end of the year, at the end of our third year, and then also RX prep. I think it should be coming up sometime soon in order for us to study for the NAPLEX because, oh my God, I don't even know how to start tackling that. There's just so much information, but I'm really glad that someone wrote a book about it all. So um, yeah, at that point, I guess one day we log on to the Board of Pharmacy website and there's a PharmD by our name. So that's pretty cool. And I'm excited for that day. But until then, again, just trying to accomplish all my goals for the year. Um, and I'm excited to see what this year has in store for me. And by that, I mean kind of where I want to go in the next couple of years and where I see myself. So moving forward, I ideally would like a one to two year residency. I haven't really decided too much yet what kind of setting yet, but um, that'll definitely come to light over the next couple of months. I do want to live in a big city. I love big cities and I've lived in SF. I lived in Berkeley. I'm from a more suburban area, but I definitely like the city vibe for this period of my life. And right now I'm leaning toward more acute care, although I'm definitely interested in a combo of acute and ambulatory. So having exposure to both of those. Um, and I think that if I ended up doing acute and stayed in a large hospital setting, I would definitely be interested in internal medicine, cardiology or critical care for my second year, since your first year tends to be a general practice uh, residency and your second year tends to be more focused. Um, of course, yeah, a job after that would be would be amazing. I would love to have that be a thing, but not getting too far ahead of myself because um, right now I'm just focused on, again, doing my best this coming year, putting my best foot forward, and then spending a little bit of time just honing my abilities, learning as much as I can so that when I do hopefully get a job after that and practice independently and more autonomously, I am the best provider that I can be for my patients. And with that, I think we go ahead and wrap up the first episode of this podcast. If you're still listening, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to tune in. It really does mean the world to me. I hope you were able to get a better insight, not only into who I am, but what my journey in pharmacy has looked like. I am so excited to share with you what's to come next, and I do hope that you'll want to keep tuning in. With that being said, I hope you and your loved ones are staying safe and healthy, and I'll talk to you all soon.